listeners, it's Tom Panos here, a special day. It's our first day of the real estate podcast that John McGrath and I will be doing, especially for real estate agents that have got a hunger and desire for knowledge and practice and theory and may not have access to a coach. And we're going to be with you every step of the way on a regular basis giving you information. Welcome, John. Hi, Tom. Good to be here. I'm excited because this is the first time. You and I have done a lot of stuff together over the years, of course, at ARIC and with your your Twitter and your interviews and so forth, which are great. But this is sort of, this came about because we had a discussion and we said, you know, so many of our listeners, they get to hear a bit of us now and then, but you and I love the consistency of learning. So I think it came about, you know, I rang you up and I said, we should be talking to a lot of our listeners weekly or fortnightly. So it's good to have gone from an idea to now sitting in our offices, around a table, talking about real estate and how people can get better. Absolutely, John. And I think what's uh, going to be attractive about this is the fact that we're going to be able to have a conversation that's going to constantly remind people of the good stuff they should be doing. We're going to share with them stories of people that are successful. Occasionally, we'll have great people come in. We'll be making sure that we're covering information and content that's going to help them there and then that day. And, um, I think we could even do a series on, on all our failures. That would make good listening too because <laughs> we may not have enough time available to us on all our non-successes. Well, I think if we were going to do one on failures, John, I'd probably be saying we'd have to do one on a daily basis. <laughs> probably go for the first two years. Um, but interestingly, you know, that, that is one of the, the great learning experiences and, and I'd much rather learn on someone else's experience. But you know, I think I'd like to bring to our listeners the reality that you and I and all the people out there in the industry that you're, you and I are working with and the top performers, they're failing on a daily basis. So you could be listening, driving in your car right now and saying, well, you know, I'd sort of like to take that advice and I'd like to be, you know, Ben Collier or Wayne Vaughan or someone like James Tostevin, but, you know, I, I'm doing a lot of things wrong. You know, the difference between doing things wrong today and doing them right tomorrow is just a few new decisions, yeah. a bit of practice and a bit of discipline. So if you're listening there in the car or while you're walking or whatever you're doing, understand that whatever you want to achieve in your real estate life is just a matter of you making a few more decisions and believing in them. Because yeah. sometimes you leave, a, you know, listening to this or you'll leave Eric or something and, you, you know, you'll, you'll say, well, you know, I'm all excited and I'm pumped up, but, and then whatever you say after the but is sort of like erodes all that enthusiasm. So... I think one of the other beauties of us, you know, on a regular basis chatting to people is, you know, we want to keep that dream alive 24-7, 365. Yeah. We don't want people just to come to ARIC once a year and get pumped up for a week or three and then they sort of have a few failures or they don't do so well and then they drop back. We want to have a conversation all year round. So I think that's the beauty of this new modern technology and Troy's here. He's uh, across the desk from us here recording it uh, on a little desktop so it's amazing today because I guess if we wanted to do this in years gone by we'd have to be in a big room somewhere paying people lots of dollars and then somehow finding a way to distribute with CDs or something else out the community. We can sit here, we can have a chat and then we can upload it to Apple iTunes and then bang, you know, as many people as want to listen to it. It's, it's, John, it's an incredible opportunity for people now more than ever to essentially have a, a real estate coach with them every step of the way without actually costing you anything. I mean, if you've got an iPhone and you've got uh, broadband, you've, you've essentially got a 24-7 coach with you know, resources out there online. I remember years ago, Tommy, I, I went and watched Tom Hopkins. I used to watch everyone that came to town. and When Tom Hopkins came to town, it was just such a major event for me. And I remember going to Sydney University one day 
and watching him. And he talked about the concept of a university on wheels. He was obviously trying to sell his product, which I was delighted to buy. But he sort of said, do you know that if you listen to a tape an hour a day, and I think it was something like you'd do a university semester in, in 12 months, just by listening while you're stuck in traffic, listening to a tape around some stuff. And, you know, I agree with that. And I guess listening to that some nearly 30 years ago, I guess, certainly it was when I was in my early 20s, so maybe 25 years ago, um, when I heard that, I thought, wow, that's kind of a cool metaphor because I never got the chance to go to university because I didn't make the grade. But I then realised that I could go to university just by buying some tapes and listening to some smart people as to what they did. The only problem is here, I'm not sure if we're the smart people, but <laughs> time will tell. <laughs> time will tell and our listeners will tell us whether they're, li whether they're listening to the show or not. So, uh, John, to start off with, and today's a pretty much a, a broad base, giving people an intro on what it's going to be like, and we're going to be catching in with them on a regular basis. To me, without doubt, as we're coming through uh, to the end of the calendar year in the next three months, one of the things uh, I get asked about the most when I'm out and about, John, and I know that you probably do as well, is um, you know what separates um, a world-class lister from an average lister, um, and if we could, you know, maybe just talk a little bit broadly about that subject. From your experience, John, what do the great listers do that the others don't? I think the first thing is I actually realise that listing is where it's at. You can be a terrific people person, great salesperson, great marketing strategy. If you miss the listings or if you don't get the majority of the listings you want, your business is never going to grow. So the first thing you've got to say is, hang on, this is a skill I can't be 6 out of 10. But Tom, I sit in rooms all the time as you do and I say, okay, rate yourself 0 to 10 in areas. Talk about listing. If 10 was like world class, James Tostevin kind of listing, where would you be? And most people talk to me around, oh, I'm a 5 or I'm a 6. And I'm looking at people that have been in the industry for 3, 5, 10, 20 years that are still 5 or 6 out of 10 listers. So the first thing that I'd be saying is you've got to be a 9 out of 10 lister. So you know, hopefully we'll help along the way and, and events and Twitters and all sorts of ways you can become better. But the first part is recognition that if you are a 5 or 6 or even a 7, 7.5, unless you're an 8 plus lister, you're not going to be in the game going forward. Okay. So you've got to practice it, you know, so you've got to say, okay, what then is a 9 out of 10? If I was sitting in a listing with Tosterman or Steinwade or whoever, what would I be likely to see? Because there's enough information about those guys. They all speak at Eric. They all speak on, on your videos. It's not hard to access information about these guys. And then I think you've got to start redesigning yourself. I know, Tommy, you know, you went through a health scare a few years ago and... and Fortunately, things have you know, got so much better for you, but I, you had to redesign yourself. I know you redesigned your body, your mind, your lifestyle, your priorities. And, and, and you know, today, you've never been, you know, it was a challenge then, but now you've never looked and felt better, I'm sure, from what you've told me. So I think the thing is, people have got to redesign and do a, a sort of a, almost that extreme makeover yeah. of their listing presentation. Um, you know, and we'll talk, happy we'll talk a bit more about that today, but. The key thing is, you know, what's it going to take you yeah. to get to that point of mastery where you walk into a listing and you just connect and you command, you have a presence, there's no ego, sorry, there's no, ego, there's no arrogance, yeah. um, you've got an agenda and a structure but it doesn't feel too formal, not robotic, yeah. um, you go through things, if people raise the inevitable objections, and we know what they are because they're the same worldwide and they have been for probably 100 years, it's, you know, why should I use you? Um, how much is it going to cost me? Will you do it for less? What's my home worth? Yeah. Um, they're the sort of four or five, not necessarily objections, but issues that you're either going to get on top of and someone's going to 
you know, really connect with you and, and hear your philosophy and strategy and agree with it, or you're going to actually disconnect with the client. So, you know, the question is how much do you practice? And most people that I know, they go to a course at the Real Estate Institute or somewhere else when they start, and then they get into the industry and they're doing okay, okay, not great, and then they stop practicing. And I'm thinking, my God, if, uh, if I was out there today selling, I would be practicing every single day listing, prospecting, negotiation, sales, auctioneering, all of those things. I was at, you know, you and I, in fact, I ran into you there last week at the Perth Real Estate Institute Awards, which are fantastic, uh, and the Australian Auctioneers Championships. And um, I think we ran into each other at breakfast and uh, Mark Sumich yeah. from New Zealand, who yeah. I, I've never seen him auction. I actually did see him on YouTube since I met him, but I've never seen him live. But he was a great guy. And, you know, I said to him, you know, tell me, Mark, why do you think the New Zealanders have been dominating what has been an Australian domain, auctioneering, you know, Australians were the best real estate auctioneers in the world. Now, from what I understand, the New Zealanders are trumping us every year. And he said, John, they practice harder. He said, most of the guys here from Kiwi, he said, they are putting in hours and hours and hours a week. And he said, my observation of the Aussies, and he wasn't being critical, but I think he's right. He's saying, you know, they're a bit complacent. They've stopped practicing as hard as the old days. And he said, people have got to understand, they've got to take responsibility for their success. Yeah. And he said, you know, I'm, some of these guys I mentor each week, they come to my office, they call auctions for a couple of hours, I mentor them, I critique them, then they go back and practice it. And that's the, that's the bit, you know, you've got to put in the hard yards if you want to get the result. Yeah. So, John, you mentioned once at ARIC, and this really resonated because there was science to it. I thought to myself, I can't argue it. It's, it's, it's not something that you can say has got a flawed argument. And that was that... If you got called into every listing presentation in your farm area or your footprint, whatever terminology you use in the group that you work with, and you were liked the most and you delivered a better plan than the other agents at the listing presentations, hence you were better, you should have 100% of the listings in your marketplace. Can we touch on that? I mean, to me, it sounds like there's two components to it. It's being called in, and then once you're there, actually... Uh, being picked over the other three or four. Or if we reverse the question around, there's only two reasons you don't have every listing in your marketplace. Either one is they didn't call you in. It's kind of straightforward is for whatever reason they didn't think of you or they thought of you and they didn't think positively enough to call you in and interview you. So that's number one. Number two is they called you in and didn't like you. So both of those things can be worked on. You know, they didn't call you in, which really, you know, goes to, and I know we're going to do a lot more um, in coming weeks, but to prospecting, and you talk a lot about attraction business, and I love your theory on that and your, your strategy because I've always been more of an attraction agent than a cold calling, door knocking type agent. I hate letterbox dropping, I hate junk mail, I hate annoying people at night when they're having their dinner, yeah. but I love serving clients yeah. and looking after people. Yeah. So I think you know, the, the first component, you know, and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts in a second on, on the attraction business, but that's number one. Second one is you're called in and you're a six out of ten lister. Yeah. And someone comes in 20 minutes later and they're sharper and they're more enthusiastic and they've got better product knowledge and they sort of take you in a direction and they ask you some really key questions as a vendor. And at the end of that conversation, you say, wow, especially when they ask the closing question, Tom, would you be happy with me looking after your property? Because I'd love to get started. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, Tom, is I think people have got to get rid of the myths. One of the myths is you've got to be a cruncher or a tough, hard person to be successful in sales. I am not a cruncher or a tough, hard person. I'm a person that loves serving people, that practices my art of real estate, that likes listening to people and understanding where they're at, 
understanding their issues, concerns, tensions, fears, and then developing a plan like a chess game in the moment. And, and, that sort of, and, and then I'm comfortable at the end of that checking in if that plan fits with where they want to go, which is asking for the business. So I don't want anyone to sit there and say, yeah, but that's not the kind of person I am. You know, you're either a nine out of 10 list or you're not. If you're not, you've got to become one. So that's, that's the bit about, well, if you're called into listing. Now, by the way, I don't think you want 100% of your business. What does that mean? Well, if someone's out there and they don't want to talk more sensibly on price, that could be 40% above where all the comparables are. They want you to do it at a discounted fee. They either don't want to market or they want you to carry the marketing funds. That definitely falls into my category of not for me right now. Yeah. And, I, and I'll leave that conversation on a positive note and I'll keep the door open for later, but that's not the business. I want my business to be clean, yeah. where I look at my listing book every day and I say, wow, nice people, nice properties, well-priced, they're all open this Saturday, I'm, I'm in a really good place. I don't want to look at it and say, my God, there's 30,000 in vendor paid marketing that hasn't been paid and three auctions all passed in on the weekend. and yeah, That's not. That's too so, stressful. So John, I think as we uh, go through our podcast, what we'll do is we will do a podcast on clean business because mm-hmm. one of the things that we get asked a lot is we've got hundreds of listings in our books. They're draining us. Um, some business, I think, is not an asset. It's a liability yeah. in your business. And I think if we have that description of what good clean business looks like um, in your marketplace, that would be worth exploring. Uh, Why don't you touch on the attraction business? Because I know that's one of your key talks is being an attraction agent. Yeah. John, I can't help it, and I noticed it even at ARIC when uh, those top 10 agents got announced on stage. I knew every one of those agents there, and I thought to myself, hang on a second, uh, success leaves clues here. This is not guesswork. This is not like playing <laughs> sale of the century here, trying to work out what's going on here. Every one of these agents had profile. Every one of these agents was a brand within a brand. Every one of these agents would be on the shopping list if I lived in their marketplace, right? So... And I noticed that the attraction agent, John's got a few things going for him. Number one is that they don't seem to be spending their days at work knocking on cold doors, interrupting strangers that don't want to talk to them. Yeah. Right? Number two is that they seem to control the brand and marketing in the marketplace. And they do that. They seem to be on page one and page two of the search results when people are searching for property. They seem to be controlling um, a lot of their media. And I know I sound biased because I come from print media, but they seem to to cover a lot of the the bigger display ads. They've got the bigger ads, better photography, and they're on the shopping list. My issue, buddy, is that when I talk about attraction agent, John, is I get a lot of young people that have been in real estate for one or two years that have none of that, don't want to do any prospecting and want to become an attraction agent. They don't want to pay the price to become an attraction agent. And John, you know that yourself, that you see a lot of people come through real estate in Australia and what happens is that they don't want to pay that price to get to a certain level. They want to start getting listing leads the way James Tostevin does or the way that Adrian Bow does without actually having earned that right. What have you noticed is got to be the shift between what you do when you first start off and what you do six, seven, eight years down the track when you have built a bit of an attraction business? Well, just as you were saying that, for me, the next thing, and I know you spoke about dominating the media and signboards, and I agree 100%, that's critical. And nowadays, internet, display media, signboards, everything, everything that is necessary for you to market your client's property successfully 
you should be have a strong presence, not because you build your own profile, but because that's actually what the client needs. And by the way, in brackets, you will build your own profile as you do the right job for your clients. The other thing that came to mind for me was raving fans um, and six degrees of separation. So two very closely aligned but slightly different concepts. So the raving fan, sometimes I look at people and I say, how many listings you got? Oh, I got two. And I say, how long have you been in the business? Oh, three years. So I imagine that over the last six months you've had quite a few properties open for inspection and you're representing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, last weekend I had four open. So I'm astounded that if I had four opens, in most communities, you know, especially nowadays as the market starts heating up, and especially if you're in a big city, you might get 10 or 15 people nowadays on a Saturday, which means you probably met 50 people last Saturday. I know that 20 to even up to, in some areas, 40% of the people coming through and open for inspection are not only looking to potentially buy, but they're going to sell in the next three months, either because they're checking the market out, they're checking you out, or they want to buy and then they're going to sell. So my question is, what on earth is happening with those 50 connections that you made last Saturday? Um, A is, what was your first impression? When they met you, did you look sharp? Did you look enthusiastic? Did you have all the tools that you need to be a professional agent? Did you give them a good pricey on the home? Did you connect with them? Did you ask them some really good qualifying questions so you can understand how you can help them? Et cetera, et cetera. Two is, did you ring them back Monday? Yeah. Why, do, why do agents, Tom, take people's names and numbers yeah. and never use them? Yeah. I mean, you've got to call people back because not too many people, occasionally, not too many people just say, great, Saturday, let's go and waste some time and look at two or three opens. People say, hey, think of selling, think of buying, let's check out this area, let's go and see what that property looks like. And something has triggered them to arrive. Yeah. They are there putting their hand up saying, service me, look after me, I'll become not only a customer of yours, but I'll become potentially a raving fan yeah. if you look after me. Mm. And yet agents still, they spend hours and dollars on junk mail and they don't follow up their clients. I talked before, when we were just talking about this podcast a bit early, you know, the thing that I said was some agents will think the listing they missed today, and in Australia, I guess, you know, in most big cities, we're talking about probably five to $700,000 at 2% or more. That's ten or 15000 People say, wow, you know, if I miss that listing this afternoon, that costs me and the company 10000 Well, reality, not only does it cost you, it costs you the opportunity to represent that in your community to meet those 40, 50, 60 people whilst you're marketing and selling that property, to sell all of their homes, those that are gonna sell, and then of course create a raving fan from all the customers, and then access their network by just being their agent of choice and saying, you know, hey, Tom looked after me. You know, man, I heard you're selling. Don't use anyone but Tom. He is the real deal. He, you know, he, he does what he promises to do, and they talk about this, they become your advocates. There's not, that much, there's not enough of that anyway happening. There's a bit of it happening, and the best agents, you're right, the people that are on stage at ARIC, they make a you know, masterpiece out of doing this. But so my question is, is you know, what do you think, again, zero to 10, what is the customer experience? If I interviewed your last, call it 10 customers, vendors, we'll say for the minute, and I said, tell me, what was your experience with Tom like? Zero to 10, 10 would be, blew my mind, he, he not only under-promised and over-delivered, he kept me informed, he, he got his, the best possible result. Whether it was what I wanted or not, I knew it was the best result and I just trusted him every inch. That would be like a 10. So you should be serving up 10s on a daily basis, hourly basis, conversation by conversation basis. And when you do that, like all this stuff about letterbox drops becomes superfluous, if not irrelevant. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's my key question to people is, 
you know, and, and look, I'd love to do one of our podcasts specifically on raving fan stuff because that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, this is something, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about, and that's really been my number one core philosophy for 30 years of real estate is just look after people, give a damn, tell the truth, care, communicate with them, do all of those things, not once or twice or occasionally, every single time, and you will build an amazing business, multi-million dollar business, and more importantly than the money that flows, you'll have a great life because you have people in the community that love and respect what you do and introduce you to lots more interesting people and lots more interesting opportunities. So I'd love to, if we can put that on the agenda for one of our future podcasts. I know we're running out of time. Troy's giving us a wave for us. (laughs) I'll wind up now. We'll wind up here, and as we finish off here, I think, uh, John, you've summed it up so well by saying that um, essentially the best form of prospecting you'll ever do is just create raving fans with the job that you do and that uh, essentially uh, you'll have enough business because you'll have abundance in your life if you're out there doing good work that matters and making it easy for people to get more of you. Exactly. Well, well put. Looking forward to the next one and uh, it's good to be started. Thank you. (laughs)